0: Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. We just give God all the glory and the honor and the praise for this day. Um, As always, I am grateful and humbled uh, as Pastor Uh, Troy allows me opportunities to come and share with you, and so I'm always grateful and appreciative of that. And I'm appreciative of you as well. I had several people come up and tell me that they were praying for me today or throughout this week. And uh, one even asked, do I, you know, on a particular day, did I need prayer? So I replied to them by saying I need it every day. And so if you want to just add that to your to-do list to pray for me every day, I'd be most appreciative of that. Very grateful uh, for that. I appreciate your heart and that you, you think of us, uh, me and my family, and we love being a part of this fellowship. So um, I'm glad to have my mother in law and father in law here with me today. It's a blessing to have them with us and uh, to have my wife uh, back this week. She wasn't feeling well last week, so I'm glad to have her back. Uh, she is such a, a treasure in my life that the Lord has given me, and I'm so grateful for that. And then my, my son, Caleb. Um, I mentioned last week that our youngest daughter, Autumn, headed off to Germany. So now Caleb's the only one at home with us. And so we're, we're down to my favorite. So <laughs> so, uh, so, so don't, don't tell your brothers and sisters. I, I that. So it's recorded? How come no one told me that? Oh my goodness. All right. So I got to clean it up now. All of them are my favorites. Uh, But I do want to say Caleb is just a uh, he's a blessing. He's just a special young man And uh, I just I thank God for him Um, Not that he's just not that he's my son, but I just thank God for him If he were anyone else's son, he is such a wonderful wonderful young man And uh, I just thank God for him and he really is a blessing to us and so um, All right I want to thank pastor paul for the message this morning And uh, were it not that I had left you with a cliffhanger, then we could just give the benediction and go home at this point. And so, uh, thank you, Pastor. Those were beautiful words that the Lord laid on your heart this morning to share with us. Um, But we are going to uh, bring some resolve to the matter that we left kind of hanging last week. Um, So, if you are in need of a Bible, uh, I don't see any ushers They might might have already done it. Okay, you're fast. I love it. Um, uh, So thank you, brothers. We appreciate that. Um, And also, uh, where's where's Brother Mike at? There he is. Uh, Brother Mike, happy second birthday. Happy second birthday to you. God bless you. So (laughs) um, you can ask him if you want to understand more about that. All right. All right. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to read through our passage again, beginning at verse 25. And then we will continue on as the Holy Spirit leads us. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I'm reading from the King James Version, in case yours reads a little different than this. Uh, It reads, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readeth thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord, uh, thy thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell amongst the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to break bread and to share your word. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would allow me to decrease, that you might increase. That you, Father, would just speak to each heart, beyond words that come out of my mouth. Lord, whatever conversation you need to have with each person here, Lord, please, go about and do what only you can do, Father. Lord, your word, your will, and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So the question was asked, so who is my neighbor? And so the question I want to ask you today, as I asked you last week, is won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? So let me do a quick review, because the the Lord is prompting my heart to do that. And this is a review between you and the Holy Spirit, so you don't have to answer me, just answer uh, the Holy Spirit. First of all, how was your week this week? Okay, how was your week? Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say your week was this week? Okay. Let me ask you another question to go with that. How was the Lord towards you this week on a scale of 10? Okay. Did you have an opportunity to be neighborly this week? Let me ask you this. Maybe a, a... A different question, I don't know if it's a better question, but did the Lord provide you an opportunity to step out of self and prefer others before yourself and do something to bless them because he was directing you to do so? So then my next question is, did you take him up on it? I ask that one not to condemn, but just to... Make us mindful. You know, if the Lord is speaking to me, well, first of all, I I like knowing that He's speaking to me. (laughs) Okay? I like having that clarity that I am hearing the Lord speak to me. But then if He's speaking and I'm not doing what He's speaking, I want to know that as well. Because, folks, I don't want to fool myself. I don't want my religion to fool me into thinking I'm in a right relationship with the Lord when I'm not when I'm one of those that he described as hearing what he says but not doing his word. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be you. So here's what occurred so far in our text, that the lawyer approached uh, Jesus and asked him what he, uh, how he would inherit eternal life, and Jesus asked him, what does the law say? And he repeated back, uh, thou shalt love the Lord with all, the, the, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Which is really neat, because I mentioned earlier that, uh, I believe it's in Mark chapter 12, when Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? That's exactly what he said, okay? That's what he said to them. So when this person says that back to Jesus, Jesus says, yep, yeah, that's the right answer. And then he says, now, Go do this and you will live. You will have that eternal life that we're talking about. It says, but the man willing to justify himself said, okay, so then exactly who is my neighbor? Who is this person that I need to to love as I love myself? So Jesus tells a story of a man that traveled from Jerusalem to Jericho, and we mentioned it was a treacherous winding road that uh, was ideal for ambush. And that's exactly what happened. He was ambushed, fell amongst thieves, they beat him up, uh, they, they, they stripped him of his clothes, they wounded him, and they left him there, and the scripture says, leaving him half dead. Now, I... I I had an interesting thing happen last night. Um, anybody in here have those nights where just sleep is just not the best? Occasionally have those struggles. Okay, yeah, yeah, so you understand. I woke up this morning, and I laid there in bed literally feeling like I was half dead. It was as though someone had punched me from head to toe. Every muscle in my body was aching and sore. I really felt like the description of this man, that I had been wounded and beaten and left for dead. Now, my response to that, after the first couple moans and groans, um, was looking ahead in the text As the description of the Samaritan coming up on this man, it says he had compassion on him, and I'll talk about that in a minute. I just laid there and prayed for God's compassion. I just said, Lord, I need it so bad right now. I need your compassion. And the pain began to go away. So much so... um, some of you are aware that I had knee surgery, and they did some stem cell stuff, and I'm wearing a knee brace that I'm supposed to wear until September. When the Lord's compassion fell on me this morning, I felt so good that I walked off and I forgot my knee brace this morning. And it felt so good, I thought, boy, you know what, I should, I should cartwheel up on the podium here, just kind of... And then I quickly remembered, I don't know how to do a cartwheel, so um but there was just something wonderful about what God did and it and it fits in the context of our message here today because as this man was wounded and and beaten and left for dead two folks came by and saw him but weren't feeling very neighborly obviously didn't take the time to do anything to help him at all i mentioned uh last week that one of the things that I'm glad Jesus said in the story is that they both saw him but then passed by because it challenges us to not see people in their dilemma but then pass by on the other side to try to act as though we don't see it to to let it be inconvenient for us at that moment we see it but you know if I only had more time if I only he, he, he allowed them to see the man. One of them, the Levite, even walked over where he was and looked at him. But then they both passed by on the other side. You know what? And we can, we can help the priest and the Levite out by giving them all kinds of excuses. Excuses. You know, the law said that if you were to touch something that was dead, you'd be unclean. Maybe they were concerned as to where this took place, that maybe the thieves were still around and it was a trap and, and they could be set up and they could be under attack if they stayed there too long. We could give them every excuse in the world, but you know what? The scripture doesn't give them any of those excuses. It simply says they looked on them and they passed by on the other side. So watch what happens here. It says a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He had compassion on him. I looked up the word compassion, and it says a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune. Watch this. Here's the best part of it. Accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate their suffering. Compassion isn't just feeling sorry for someone. Compassion isn't just feeling bad for someone. Compassion isn't just looking at someone and going, oh, you know, I, I, I wish there was something I could do. Compassion is accompanied with that strong desire that I'm going to do something to alleviate the suffering of the person that I've run into. So when the Samaritans saw him, he had compassion on him. I I have a little Bible app on my phone, and you can do word searches. So I looked in the New Testament, and I typed in compassion. And I won't take the time to do it now, but verse after verse after verse after verse, Jesus had compassion. Jesus had compassion. Jesus had compassion. Jesus had compassion. It said to me, Jesus is... Uh, way of approaching things wasn't just to feel bad for us because we were hurting and suffering, but it was to be accompanied with this desire to alleviate the suffering. And every time you read Jesus had compassion, the next thing you see is him doing something to alleviate the suffering of those that he had compassion on. What's the difference between the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan of our story? The Samaritan had compassion. What's the difference in responding to a neighbor the way the Lord wants us to? Is having compassion. The disciples asked in in the Scripture that was shared earlier, Lord, don't you even care that we're perishing? Yeah, He did care. And he got up and showed his compassion by speaking to the wind and to the waves. And he he said, peace, be still. So the Samaritan, having compassion on him, went to him. Don't miss that. Went to him. Oftentimes our response is, Reactive as opposed to proactive. If someone comes to me and asks for help, I'll be more than happy to help them. Our charge is not to wait till people come to us. The church is the the, the, the charge is not for us to wait till people come into the church. The charge is for us to go where they are. We don't have to bring them to church because you are the church. Isn't that nice? You get to take the church to them. It says that he went to him. He didn't just sit on his horse and go, well, if the guy gets up and asks for help, maybe I'll help him. If he gives me some signal or indication that he wants my help, I'll give it to him. The compassion is what drove him to the point where he went to him and then he bound up his wounds and he, he poured in uh, oil and wine. He, he, he added some medicinal things, some medication. Some, he, he did all that he could do with what he had to be able to help this man. And then he put him up on his own beast. And then he transported him to an inn. And, and watch the last part of verse 34. It says, and took care of him. And took care of him. that's the separator, folks. That's the separator. That's the real challenge. Can I invest a little bit more of of what God has given me into others? Not just a glancing, passing thought, but can I show the care of Christ towards others? I mentioned last week, and I'll say it again this week, and I'll say it again at some other point down the road, that Jesus... I believe, is equally invested in not only your salvation, but your sanctification. The blood of Jesus washed us clean and paid the price so that we are released from the penalty of sin, but the cross gives us power over sin so that I'm not under the control of the enemy any longer, so that I can walk in new life, in abundant life. so that because I'm set free, I can live free indeed. He took care of him. He invested himself, what he had, what he had been given and blessed with, he invested that in the care of someone else. Now, does it ever say in our text that the Samaritan said, thank you? doesn't say it. So can I encourage you folks, as you are being compassionate, as you are loving others, as you are caring for others, as you are showing that, don't hang around waiting for the thank you. Because then that becomes your reward. He didn't even stay around. It says that that the next day, he had to keep going where he was going. And he took out some money and left it with the innkeeper and says, now, I I need to charge you to continue to take care of him. And he goes, and whatever extra it costs you, anything you spend beyond what I've given you, when I come back again, I'll pay for it. Don't hold off on his care. Give him what he needs. Whatever it takes. And I don't know what the relationship was between the Samaritan and the Zenkeeper, if they knew each other. We don't don't get any of that background. But it appears he could be trusted to come back through that way again and pay whatever extra it was. So the question is, Jesus asked the lawyer who started off by asking him a question. Jesus asked him a question now and says, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to this man that fell amongst these? And the lawyer, for whatever reasons, maybe it was that whole issue of, you know, prejudice and things like that. We talked about the Uh, difficult relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans, uh, demonstrated at the the well with the woman. He didn't even say the Samaritan, because that's the only way Jesus described the person in the story, as a certain Samaritan. He couldn't even bring himself to say that. But he says, well, you know, the one that showed mercy. Answering all the questions Jesus had (laughs) about where the heart of this person was, And so Jesus just concluded it by saying, okay, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Please, folks, don't misunderstand this as a message of works. This isn't about you going out and working harder and finding more people that you're supposed to do something for. That's not at the heart of this message. At the heart of this message is, do you have the compassion that Jesus has towards us towards others around you there are going to be times where you can assist someone there's going to be times where you can't but do you have the compassion to even care about what they're going through to have a desire to alleviate it to pray for them you can pour out your compassion in prayer all the time on anyone with no limitations and no restrictions I've been experiencing that this week as people have come up and said, you know, you're on my heart and I prayed for you this week. That's compassion being poured out on me. Can you pour that compassion out on others? In order to to pour out compassion, you, you do have to give something of yourself to the situation. Even if it's just your time and your heart and your thought when it comes to prayer. I mentioned a a passage of Scripture in 1 John chapter 3. And uh, he writes, verse 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Watch this. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and seeth his brothers have need and shutteth up his bowels, listen, of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. Look at that. If you claim that you love God, then part of the evidence is that, of that is the love you have for others and the fact that you would not shut up your compassion towards them. The world, this room, is full of nice people. But how many compassionate people are there? How many of us because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, have that same mind of Christ, that heart of Christ, that desire of Christ to be compassionate towards others around us. Let me me help you with a challenge here. Uh, Jesus says that we are to love our enemies. Okay? So first I'll help you by telling you you can't do that. Not on your own. Not by your own strength. Not by your own heart, your own mind. You can't do it. Only by the love of Christ, only by the compassion of Christ in you, are you able to love someone who is doing you harm or means you harm or means you no good. But boy, what a great place to start showing compassion. What have you done for your enemies lately? Have you prayed for them? Have you made any gesture in their direction to say, you know what? Whatever this is going on between us, it ain't me. I love you. And I care for you. And I want God's best for you. In any way I can, I want to pour out God's compassion towards you if you'll allow me to do that. And folks, listen. I can't stand here and give you any guarantees that they're going to receive it. Okay? That might even make them a little bit madder scripture describes it as heaping coals on their head if their heart is so hard against you every love gesture you make might just inflame them even more but that's okay again that's their issue and god's issue it's not your issue god just simply wants to know where is your heart towards them where is your compassion towards your neighbor He says to go and do thou likewise. He challenges us to go and live with this type of compassion. My wife and I were talking this week and in our prayer time we were talking about, Lord, there are things that we get, we get it, But man, we really want to understand it. We want to move just past getting it to really understanding it at another level, at a greater depth. For me, this is one of those things. How do I show compassion to others? How do I get out of self long enough to care about what's happening to people around me? How do I demonstrate that? I don't always have financial means to demonstrate it. So Lord, it's got to be more than just that. What other ways can I demonstrate your heart to the people around me? How can I love them the way you love me? And folks, this isn't about pass or fail. Because it is so easy to get caught up in our performance and then start basing everything we do on our performance, looking at our relationship with God and determining whether he loves us or he's happy with us based on our performance. Let me take all that off the table and simply tell you that God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God loves you, period, And it's not based on your performance. He loves you based on your position. Are you his daughter? Are you his son? That matters so much more than you being a good son or a good daughter. I mentioned my son Caleb earlier and just how much I admire him and how wonderful I think he is. But my love and admiration for him has nothing to do with his performance. It has everything to do with our relationship. He's my son. And I would love him if he were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) Because he's my son. Do Do you get that? Do you understand God the Father loves you simply because you're His child? And it's not about you being the biggest or the strongest or the fastest. It's about you're His. And He loves you. And He loves you enough that He doesn't want you stuck in stuff. He loves you enough that he doesn't want you uh, still churning through the same thing over and over again and keep lapping around that same tree and having the same problem over and over again and doing something the same way you've always done and expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. He doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to have all of that off of you. But he's not basing it on what you do he's basing it on what he's already done. It's about what he has done. Again, that's one of those things, I get it, but man, I really want to get it. I really want to understand that. I really want to cling to that desperately so in those moments of of just feeling under the weight of it, I stop weighing myself based on if I thought I was good this week. And I weigh it against how much God loved me this week. And how much he poured out towards me this week. His compassion overflowing me this week. Folks, if you're here today and you don't have that personal, connected relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, listen, I want you to experience the compassion of Christ just flooding your soul. you got to know something. He's already showing compassion for you because you're here today. He's already showing love extended towards you because you're here today, because he allowed you to get up. But boy, I want you to experience something else so different from anything else you could possibly experience. God has a love reserved for you that no man can give you, that no woman can give you, that no child can give you, that nothing else on earth can give you. It's pure. It's perfect. And it's simply because of who He is. Because God is love. I want you to experience that compassion of Christ towards you. in a new way, in a greater way, in a bigger way. Folks, and it's not about going and checking your bank account later to see, well, God, show me how much you love me by filling this up. It's about allowing God to fill this up. It's allowing God to pour his compassion into your heart and fill that up. says that the Samaritan went to him. He set him on his own beast. He brought him to the end. He took care of him. He paid for someone else to continue to take care of him. He made a commitment that if there was any more that was needed, he would take care of it. Let me close with this. Listen. The promise that Jesus gives us at the cross is for salvation and beyond. I need you to hear that this morning. It's not just about getting you saved but then throwing you back into the deep end of the pool. It's not just about getting you saved and then throwing you to the wolves. It is anything beyond the cross I will take care of. Anything else you need beyond that moment of salvation, God's promises through Jesus Christ, I'm there for that as well. Listen, how did you get saved? By faith, through His grace, trusting Him, surrendering your all, surrendering your will, just giving it over to Him. That's how you got saved. Can I I encourage you with this? That's how you're supposed to live after you're saved. It isn't get saved and then take over again. It isn't get saved and like all right now. Now I got to figure it out. Now now I can get this. I can do this now. Uh-uh. It's get saved by faith through grace. And then it's live by faith through grace. That's what it took for you to reach the point of being saved. That's what it is going to take for you to live and walk in the newness of life that Christ has for you. He didn't give you a certificate at salvation and say, now you're certified, qualified, go do it on your own. The cross is what tells me I can't do anything apart from Him. I need Him for absolutely everything. I am this man laying at the side of the road. I don't even have the strength to lift myself up and get on a beast to ride somewhere to get some help. I can do nothing. The Samaritan steps in and he's such a picture of Christ that he does it all. It says he bounds his wound. He bound his wounds. You know what scripture tells us? By his stripes. I'm feeling that cartwheel coming, y'all. Whew! <laughs> I'm feeling it. By his stripes, we are healed. He bound up our wounds. He did everything necessary to show us complete love and compassion. And he did it all. And we just laid there and couldn't do anything to help ourselves. could do nothing. Half dead. Probably... (laughs) like us, didn't even realize how much the Good Samaritan was doing for him. Because you know what, I'm the first to admit I have no idea the full extent of the cross, the full power of the blood. I have no idea how much God has done for me. I'm guessing at best with the obvious things I see, but he did so much more that's the compassion of Christ. He did so much more beyond that that I can't even figure it out. Mm. He took care of him. He did everything for him. He relocated him. Now watch this. Let me, let me give a shout out to, to uh, the pastor and, and pastors, Pastor Paul and people that God puts in your life. Look at what he did. After helping him, he brought him to the inn And he told the people at the inn, you continue to take care of them. And I'll make sure it's all covered. (laughs) We have a good pastor here. We have good pastors here. They understand their role in this story as the innkeeper of, you know what? The Lord has saved you, has brought you into this fellowship. Now we're going to continue to bless you. We're going to continue to encourage you. We're going to continue to help you. Knowing that it's not us knowing that jesus paid it all knowing that he's got it all covered from top to bottom and so pastors let me just give you a word don't get discouraged if you have to go beyond what it feels like you should have to go beyond he's covered it all it's all covered you're never going to have to extend more than jesus did So, as we leave today, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? How do you demonstrate who your neighbor is? Did you catch that in the story? The one identified as the neighbor did nothing to prove himself to be a neighbor. It was your heart towards that person that showed who your neighbor was. The man traveling, he was laying on the side of the road, nearly dead. He did nothing. But it was the heart of compassion towards him that showed who the neighbor was. Let me just say this. This is all I'm trying to get to on this point. It's not about what others do towards you. It's about through Christ Jesus what you're able to pour out towards them. So, won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please be someone that allows me to do whatever I can to bless you? Your being my neighbor isn't about what you do for me. okay? It's not about you baking me cookies. Well, at least not all of you. Uh, I got it. I got a special cookie source, so don't worry about that. That's covered. It's about what I get an opportunity through Christ to pour out towards you. When you leave here today and you're trying to figure out who's your neighbor, don't let it be based on who's doing something for you. Let it be based on who God is giving you the opportunity to show his love to and pour out on them. Let's close with a word of prayer. That heart of compassion that I mentioned, you can't earn it, (laughs) you can't achieve it, there's nothing you can do to accomplish it. It is the gift of God through Jesus Christ by faith through grace and coming into that relationship of transformation that only Jesus can do. Again, this isn't about works. I'm not telling you to go and muster up some compassion and go show it to people. I'm telling you, you can't. (laughs) Apart from the compassion that comes from Jesus Christ. Maybe that's been missing for you. Maybe you've been lacking that. Maybe you recognize that the missing compassion is because of the missing relationship. It's because you haven't received the full compassion of the cross of Jesus Christ and allowed him to forgive you of your sins and transform you into his son or daughter. and So you're unable to share that with others. I want to offer that today. Not because it's mine to offer, but because Jesus already did what was necessary for you to receive it. I just want to invite you to take him up on it. If you're here today and you absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you need to receive the compassion of Jesus Christ from the cross so that the the jailer's question can be answered of what must I do to be saved if you know that's you it's available today today would be a good day to receive that gift today would be a great day to see a new life begin To see a whole new neighborhood open up in front of you as you now get to see opportunities to pour out the compassion of Christ on others. I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come and if any of you want to come and have that conversation with someone and ask, what do I need to do to receive that compassion? What do I need to do to have that compassion in my heart? I want you to come talk with one of these brothers or sisters. Let them pray with you. Let them share scripture with you. Let them talk to you. If what I shared gave you part of the picture, but it's not quite complete, come talk to them. Come talk to me. Because we would love nothing more than for you to leave here today fully embracing, experiencing, engulfed in the compassion of Jesus Christ from the cross to then have that as part of your life to live out in your marriage, in your parenting, in your workplace, at every opportunity. Lord, we thank you for this day. This is a day that you made, and we are glad, and we rejoice in it. Thank you that you've given us clues and indicators of the transformation in our heart, because we love others we love the brethren we want to pour out compassion on them and so lord as you've given us the clue to when we have it you've also given us clues to when it's missing and if there's a heart here that's missing it today lord just i pray that they would answer the knock on their heart from you today That as you've been knocking every day as you've been bringing situation after situation and scenario after scenario And you've been knocking and knocking and knocking. Lord, I pray today is the day that they open the door and receive you and allow your compassion to flood in. Lord, I know it's your desire that none would be lost. And Lord, it's my desire as well. Not because of my preaching, not because I'm tallying points of how many people came forward when I preached. No, because of what you've done on the cross. That's something so wonderful and so precious. I want nothing more than to have everyone have that as well. So Lord, thank you for this day again. I pray for the hearts that are saved, that you've encouraged them in your word today, that the compassion would flow they would draw closer to you, that they would see you in a new way. Lord, I pray that they would not be ashamed to look back and see where you brought them from and use that as a testimony of encouragement for others, that you can bring them from where they are and take them beyond what they can expect. Lord, help us. Sometimes we get ashamed. And we get embarrassed of our sin life and we want to put on our Christian face and act like we never did those things. But Lord, you already know and you redeemed us from them. Lord, give us the compassion to use them as something we show to others to say, you know what? God is amazing (laughs) because he took a wretch like me Saved him by his amazing grace. Please, Lord. Lord, we thank you again. We love you. We pray for Pastor in his absence today. That you are just with him and strengthening him wherever he may be. And Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.